the Holy Spirit. We're not strangers. We are citizens together in his kingdom. And uh, we are at work now establishing the kingdom that God, that Jesus came to present. So, all right, uh, going through that a little bit fast. And, you know, Paul talks a lot about, um, well, when you're reading this, make sure you, you remember that this is a letter that Paul wrote. So chapters and verses and all that came later. Uh, today we're going to get into chapter 3, um, but we're going to have to talk a little bit in a minute about how chapter 2 leads into chapter 3. And if you want to follow along, the message notes for today are in the church's app, by the way. You can go there to the church app and get the notes for today. All right, so verses 3, or chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. For this reason, he says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Holy Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. Um, my oldest daughter, Morgan, she's, uh, ooh, she's going to be 16 in a month. It's crazy. Um, when she was a, just an infant, uh, not an infant, a toddler, we began, like every good parent, early indoctrination of her, you know, to make sure that she liked what we liked and knew what we knew. So we didn't really listen to normal pop music. Uh, we listened to the best decade music, which is the 90s. Um, all the time. So she's, you know, now she listens to a lot of 90s music. Um, while most kids are watching Blues Clues, you guys remember Blues Clues? I don't even know if it's still on because they're past that stage, but at the time it was hot. Blues Clues. Uh, she was watching Scooby-Doo from the 60s. <laughs> it's, just, it's just what we did because it's things we love. Um, I can remember for a time, that's all she would watch was Scooby-Doo. It was Scooby-Doo all the time. And we watched, this was before um, streaming, like Netflix and Apple and all that stuff. So to watch Scooby-Doo, we had to buy Scooby-Doo. So we bought all of the seasons, the early seasons. We have all of them of Scooby-Doo. And we watched it on repeat. Scooby-Doo all the time. Um, the biggest thing I can remember is how it affected the way she spoke. Now, this is funny. You guys know how almost every episode of Scooby-Doo, the gang will say, it's a mystery. We got up here. It's a mystery. What do we got going on? It's a mystery. So Morgan began to say that. Morgan, why is your room dirty? It's a mystery. <laughs> you know, three, four years old. Uh, Morgan, why didn't you finish your food? It's a mystery. <laughs> Everything became a mystery thanks to Scooby-Doo. Um, so, but she didn't say mystery. She said misery. It's a misery, mama. That's the title for today's message. It's a misery, mama. It reminds me of... Uh, the scripture that Paul's talking about today. It's a mystery. Like, it's, what he's talking about is a mystery. Uh, there was a, a surgeon, a physician. His name was Oliver Wendell Holmes, early on. Oliver Wendell Holmes, look him up. And he was very interested in the use of ether, which they used to use to uh, do surgery. They would give the patients ether. So he was very interested in ether. And so he decided that he probably need to understand what his patients were going through. So uh, he get, had his uh, assistant give him a dose of ether. 
And um, right before he passed out, he went to sleep, he believed that he suddenly had a, uh, a vision where he grasped all of the mysteries to the universe. This is no joke. This happened. So uh, when he regained consciousness, though, for the life of him, could not remember what it was. But he knew that it was there, and he couldn't. So he told his physician, hey, or his assistant, excuse me, um, we're going to do that again. <laughs> this time he brought a stenographer in, somebody to write down what he had said. So uh, he, he brought the stenographer in. He brought his, his assistant in, dosed himself with ether again. And as he was, and sure enough, the vision came back to him. And as he was uh, going to sleep, he's passing out, he mumbled some words. The stenographer wrote it down, and he went to sleep. When he woke up and he, you know, came back, cobwebs gone, he was very excited to know. And, and he asked the stenographer, what was it that I said? What is the mystery of the universe? And so he, he said, read back to me what I said. And she read back. Here's every word that he said. The entire universe is permeated with a strong odor of turpentine. <laughs> that was what was haunting him that he could not remember. The, the entire universe is permeated with a strong odor of turpentine. Most of you probably don't even know what turpentine smells like. Uh, but for him, that was uh, what he was. It's a mystery. We're always looking for the mystery. What is the mystery? So today I want to look at a different type of mystery, uh, the mystery that Paul's talking about. And this is, this is interesting. So um, it really gets a little complicated sometimes to follow Paul because he does a lot of parenthetical statements. He, he'll start here and then he'll say, oh, wait a minute, say something else, and then complete his thought, but then reference something way back. And we're kind of in something like that today. So he, he begins with the explanation in chapter three, verse one, he says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, stop. <laughs> well, well, what? What is it? What is the thing? He, he pauses. He drops mid-sentence with what he's saying. If you want to know, you have to skip all the way down to verse 14 where he picks it back up. So it, it really should be, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. And then verse 14, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. So he was going to tell them that I pray, but it, we need to ask ourselves, what was so important about him saying he needed to stop his thought to explain to them that before I pray, this, this needs to happen. And, and that's really the, the crux of today. Before he can pray, he stops and he says, and I'm going to kind of my paraphrase, church, you have to understand that the fulfillment of this prayer, the prayer he's about to pray, depends on you understanding the truth of the gospel. If my prayer would be fulfilled, you need to understand the truth of the gospel. It's a truth that is so important, so profound that Paul is willing to go and pr go to prison for it. it. In fact, if you remember, he is in a Roman jail, a prison right now. He is a prisoner for Christ. He believed in it so much, this gospel, that he eventually would be killed because of it. So, well, and, and who is Paul? He, you remember Paul's name was Saul, right? Started out as Saul, had the uh, vision, the, where it wasn't a vision, Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, changed his life, and changed his name, right? So I don't know if you've ever thought about that for a minute. Um, anybody know where the name Saul came from? I mean, that was a very important name in the Jewish culture. It was after the first king of Israel. 
Saul was a man who was chosen as a man of strength, a man of stature, a man of prominence in all of Israel. That's who King Saul was. And that's who Paul, who used to be named Saul, was named after. Big, prominent, very important person. But Jesus, when he met him, changed his name and said, you will now be known as Paul, right? Do you know what the word Paul means? It means small. That's interesting. So his name went from big Saul to little Paul. Went from, look how important I am, to I am nobody. I am top man on the mount, to Jesus is over me. Have you ever died to yourself? I mean, have you ever really practiced that? Do you understand that? Are, are we striving to build our own kingdom? Are we striving to do our own thing, to, to, do, to live in our own power? Are we relying on ourselves? Are we big Saul? Do we try to be big Saul? in our lives? I mean, honestly, this is a struggle that so many of us face in Christ. Because in the world, if you would be anybody, you've got to be on top. Like, that's just the way it is. How is it that we give up on ourselves and become little. We, we die. The struggle is that we're willing to give just a little bit. We give a little trust in God. We give a little of ourselves. We give, we give some and, and we glance at God from time to time and we go through a difficult time and we cry out to God, help. Just a little bit at a time. But that's not what he wants. He wants all of us all the time. And, and what happens when we're living in the little bit at a, at a time is when things get rough, we take ourselves, our, our eyes off of him and we begin to see things around us. It's, it's like low fruit, really, picking on Peter because that's exactly what he did when he was walking on the water. He's walking on the water and he was looking at Jesus, and all of a sudden he started looking at everything around him. We do the same thing. Instead of trusting God, we live in our own strength. So is it any wonder that we feel pain, we feel rejection, we fear? Because we take our eyes off of Jesus. Well, listen, Jesus is the cure. That's why I get, we were I'm singing this morning. I become enamored with Jesus. I'm, I don't, I don't have no of a big enough word for love that, that I have for him. Um, I, I just, when I understood how he loved me, changed everything in my life, everything. Jesus is the cure for our self-focus. Jesus will fix that. It reminds us that there is something greater, something 
bigger to focus on. If we will die to self, we will discover a new depth of relationship with God. We will discover a new depth of meaning that we didn't even know existed if we can die to ourselves. And this is the gospel that Paul's trying to get that he's begging the church at Ephesus to understand. Because what he's saying is he, he talks in chapter two all about the unity of Christ and you're, and you're one and the walls are broken and, and you've been made one in Christ and, and you're all one and for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you, hold on, hold on. Did you hear what I said? You have been made different in Jesus. Like he starts his letter if I, I imagine if he had like a backspace key, he would have hit it and be like, hold on, hold on. I need to say some more about this because I'm not sure if they're going to get it. But he had already written a sentence and he's like, I need to pause here and just make sure you understand what's happening. Do you get it? And he says, I'm a prisoner. Listen, I, I'm a prisoner of Christ for the sake of you Gentiles. I, I'm not self-glorifying. Like I'm in prison as I write this letter. I, I just want you to understand this is important. And this is, it's so important to me that I'm a prisoner. He's saying, I have truly died to myself. One of the great terms in the Apostle Paul's letters is the word mystery. I don't know if you've ever picked up on that before because he goes in, he says, that is the mystery made known to me by the revelation as I've already written briefly in reading this as I've already written briefly in reading this then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ which is not made known to men in other generations as it has now been revealed this mystery he's talking about this mystery isn't it mystery it's a mystery when we talk about Christianity we don't usually really talk about things that are a mystery because we don't Consider it a mystery. We've been around it. We've heard it. We understand it. It's not really a mystery to us because the way we see it is that in, in contemporary English, it, it means um, something that's unknown. Mystery. It's something unknown. It's Scooby-Doo. It's a mystery. It's unknown until they figure it out. And they would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those. Right? All right. You're going to have to watch Scooby-Doo what? For those meddling kids. <laughs> okay. The word that Paul uses is the, the Greek word mysterion. Mysterion. And the way they used it was something known only to the initiated. It didn't mean unknown. It didn't mean there was nothing that they knew about it. What it means is something known only to the initiated. So only people who are in it understand it. And so Paul's trying to get them to understand that there is a mystery there to be unraveled. A mystery that you need to understand to be a part of. It, it's not unknown. It's known, but only to those that it's been revealed to. Paul's work then was to reveal the mystery of the gospel. There, there's some interesting wordsmithing going on here. There's always been a struggle for Christians to know what to do with the Old Testament. Right? You probably grew up thinking that. Like, the Old Testament's full of the law. 
And we still have it and we still read it. And, and some people still try to follow it. We don't know exactly what to do with the Old Testament. But the gospel didn't start in Matthew in the New Testament. The gospel or good news. Now, we spent some time, a lot of time, so I'm not going to rehash the whole thing, going over this, I don't know, over the summer or before. The, it was a while back. But talking about God's call for us to be a blessing to the nations. You guys remember that? He has asked for us to be a blessing to the nations. That started almost immediately after uh, humanity fell, the first sin. And God started this whole plan, started to put it into effect, and told Abraham, I want you to be a blessing to the nations. And it goes on from there. Now, that was for them a mystery. The gospel was there. They just didn't understand it. They didn't see it. They didn't read it quite like that because... It had not been revealed to them by the Holy Spirit. This is why we can understand it differently. For many centuries, that plan was a mystery until the Holy Spirit began to reveal it. That's what it says in, in verse 5. Um, it was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This is super cool because this means by the power of the Holy Spirit... His followers have had the mystery revealed. It has, has our, thank you, I got one, somebody's excited. Like, the mystery, the great mystery of the universe, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the Holy Spirit has been revealed to us. It's crazy. This is also why it's futility for us to fight with people who don't know the gospel. Because the mystery has not been revealed to them. It hasn't been revealed. But yet we'll get in a Facebook fight with them. Right? They don't understand it though. What we need to pray, this should be our prayer. Holy Spirit, will you have an encounter with that person? Encounter them in a new way, in a deep way. And if you are not understanding what I'm talking about this morning, then begin that prayer for yourself. Holy Spirit, I want an encounter with you. Something new, something fresh, something deep encounter. Because if you encounter the living God, you will be changed. Impossible to stay. You cannot have an encounter with God and walk away the same. If it's a real encounter, if it's a fake encounter, of course you can. I can still remember, and I go back to this. I can't tell you the number of times I've come back to this. When I really finally understood, my conscience was stirring. I was not living right. I knew that something was wrong. Two months before that time, I said to somebody, I'm going to hell, and I don't I just did. He was he was stirring something in me, right? This is a maybe for you parents. Raise your child in a way that's right. Because God drew me back. No doubt because if I had I can remember getting in the shower. Took a shower and I came out and I had a towel wrapped around me. 
And I was overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. I mean, I wasn't praying to him. I wasn't thinking about him. I wasn't, I came out of the shower and I was overwhelmed. I laid on the ground with my nose touching the carpet, just entirely and completely did not even know it. It had never happened to me like that before. And that encounter with the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you now, when I woke up, I was not woke up. I was not going to sleep. But whenever I got up, I was different and have been. And every encounter like that since that time has changed me in some way. So Holy Spirit, would you please have an encounter with my friend who doesn't know you, with my uh, son or daughter that don't know you, with my mom or dad or brother or sister or coworker, Holy Spirit, encounter them. Reveal to them the mystery of the gospel because now when that, that is revealed to them, they are on your side. Now they understand there is no Facebook fight because you agree. You've been made one in the Holy Spirit by Christ Jesus. It's amazing. I feel like I should have an organ playing behind me or something because I, get, I just want to, woo, can we preach? Let's get a witness to that. Right? By the power of the Holy Spirit, his mystery is revealed, and that's awesome. You know, and, and, and this is, I've got, I'm, I'm almost done. The last thing I want to tell you is that, you know, his mystery is also revealed to us through the study of his word. We must be a student of the word of God to have that encounter. I mean, the Bible repeatedly warns believers. Uh, and if you have the notes, uh, these are all in there. Watch out for false teachers. Have nothing to do with vain arguments. Those, uh, stay away from those who cause divisions. L learn to test the spirit. Is it from the Holy Spirit or not? Take no part in the works of darkness. I mean, over and over and over again, we are warned and admonished to follow the Holy Spirit. How to test the spirits, how to stay away from things, not, not to have vain arguments. I'm just talking about that, right? Over and over again, the Bible tells us to be on our guard. It is our responsibility to live by the word of God. And I want to say this, the word of God, this is the word of God, right? We love it. We live by it. But the word of God is not dead. He still speaks to us. So this is the word of God, but he can also speak to you, word of God. Spend some quiet time with him. Listen, understand him, hear him. The word of God spoke to me this morning. It was his word. Giving me a prompting. And I want that to be so evident and real in my life that it is with me everywhere I go. His, his word is full of promises. Promises that only those who study his word know. Only those who hear his word know. I think so much of our spiritual weakness is because we don't know the word. Because scripture teaches he will help us in our weakness. He's willing, to, scripture teaches he's willing and ready to forgive all those who would repent. Have you ever repented and then still felt guilty? 
Well, we know that's not from the Holy Spirit because Scripture also teaches that once you've been forgiven, he cast it as far as the east is from the west into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered. If you read the Bible, you know that. Scripture teaches he has the power to change our hearts, to make us holy, to give us comfort in trouble, to help us in our sickness, to give us comfort when we're mourning. Those are all promises in the, in the word. And if we don't know the word, we don't know the promises. To understand these mysteries, we have to know his word. Written and spoken, you have to know it. You have to know it. And then as we grow closer to him and hear his word and know his word, the mysteries become more and more unraveled. We become giants of the faith. You ever know somebody and you just knew they were a saint? <laughs> because the mystery was unraveled. It continues to be. Oh. Howard Hull, and this is, I'll close with this. This is going to start crying because of Howard Hull. I was a youth pastor in St. Louis, and Howard Hull, he was a, he called himself a Ozark hillbilly. Um, from the, uh, the hills in Missouri, found his way to work for Boeing, got saved sometime in his 20s, if I remember right. So he had lived a lot of life before he was saved in a Nazarene church in the Ozarks. He has always been, for me, the example of what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Because that man was like walking into somebody, and you know, you can just feel something different. Walk in, you're in somebody who's like, it, it was amazing. I loved him. It, he's, I, I love Howard. He's still alive. We Facebook sometimes. Um, he has had some health problems recently, so. He told me that when he was, uh, he was in his 30s, he, the, the Nazarene church they went to, they would run the pews. You ever hear that? Any Nazarenes here ever run the pews? I don't even know. And we don't have pews, so please don't run on the back. But they would actually step on the backs. They'd get filled with the Spirit, stepping on the backs of the pews and waving their hands, and Holy Spirit is, is present and evident. And I guess... What I want for me, for you, is to have a story that we can say, the Holy Spirit is so close to me that the mystery of the gospel, of the love of Jesus Christ, the mystery of the universe has been revealed to me. The closer I get, the more it's revealed. So we're going to close, and I, I'm going to, Trina's going to come up and um, I think we'll just, it's okay, we'll just have Katrina come up. Sorry, I know the other guys are ready. I just, what I want to do, this is how I want to end. I just want to have a soft time of prayer. I've said a lot this morning. It's like six verses in Ephesians. And we're going to get back, we're going to pick up verse one next week when we start talking about, maybe it's next week, we'll see, about the prayer that he prays his prayer for the people. But can you pray this morning?
altar, please do. I don't want to take that away, but I just, I think this is a great time to be serious with the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, and you've been with us today. We are so grateful for your presence.
maybe don't know. D, would you stand up so people can? This is D. Some of you maybe don't know D. D, thank you, D. She is going to uh, meet with all of you here at the, let's say here at the front of the, the church, the sanctuary. They want to help with the trunk tree, so give you some instruction. Anyway, God bless you guys so much. Thank you all for being here today. And we will see you back next week and continue this conversation. It's going to be awesome.